in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. Good morning. How is your morning going? Pretty good. This is the third day I've tried to go to bed like a good bit earlier so I can wake up earlier, but it is lovely. I am loving being up. I am loving it. I feel like I get a whole day's work done in those (laughs) extra four hours. Okay. What time are you trying to wake up? Well, I really want to wake up at 530, okay. but I'm, I'm set, settling on six okay. for now because I usually get up. I usually sleep till like 830 yeah, or yeah. nine. So it's a big difference. But it's, no, it's it amazing. is amazing. Actually, it's, amazing. it's so on my radar to try, try to start waking up earlier when the kids start going back to school, because literally this summer, like I remember when my kids were younger and they went to bed earlier and it was just so much easier to have a rhythm. But now that the kids are older and I'm sure with you, it's like you don't have kids in the house. So it's like, you can go to sleep whenever. It's just so easy to stay up so late. My kids come down at like midnight and they're like, Hey mom, what are we doing? You want to watch a movie? I'm like, what? Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, we have got to get on a schedule because yeah, I just, there is something and maybe some people are different. I know some people feel like they thrive at midnight and can just get a lot done or spend time with the Lord. But yeah, to me, those morning hours are crucial and they, they really are. Gold. Yeah, just no, gold. absolutely. So maybe we can mm. keep each other accountable. And if anybody else is listening, yes, we just encourage you. I know. It, go for it. Go for Even, it. I know it feels hard. So hard. It feels hard for me. Yes. No, it is good. Dad works late at the house. Some of you know we're remodeling this house. First house we've really bought in our lives. And my husband's been working on it for years. But as we're getting to a crunch time with it, he's working later and later. Can we remind and, everybody um, why there's a crunch time? <laughs> There is a crunch time because Papa, my husband, the dad of the family, he's got one of his children and their whole family coming. Little Miss Mary Mac here That's sitting right. in front of me That's right. on the screen. Well, I know that he wanted the crunch time anyway. Like he wanted to get it done. He did. It was a so good, it was a really good yes, incentive yes, to absolutely. be like, we're coming, Dad. It was. You have to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Yeah, yes. it is. It is. It's going to be amazing. So today we are going to be discussing how to intentionally add beauty into our lives and how to find it. How do we find beauty just in our everyday life? So I know that this is going to be like one of your most favorite topics, mom. Yes, actually, just when you introduced it just 30 seconds ago, I actually feel something like welling up in my heart. Like I feel like this pressure, like I want to cry. It's crazy, this relationship I have with this topic. So but yes, yes, that's ridiculous. No, I know, that's but you so continue. Good. Yeah, I want more of that. I really, really do. It, I told Annabella, my oldest daughter this morning, that I was recording the podcast and she's like, okay, what are you guys talking about today? And I told her it was about beauty and she just smiled so big and she's like, oh, that's me and grandma's favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> 
And I was like, I know. I know. Oh, it's like, oh, that makes me miss grandma yes. so much. So, yes, we all know how much grandma <laughs> love loves her. beauty and how much I need yes. to be more intentional about seeking it. So, mom, I know, though, that this hasn't always been the case for you. It's not like when you were my age, you valued beauty the same way that you do now. So maybe before we jump in with some of the practicals of how we can intentionally find and seek beauty, maybe you could kind of give us a backstory a little bit of how you kind of came to this place. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great question because I know I've talked a little bit about motherhood and how that wasn't necessarily my strength as I came into marriage and all that. And I think I've shared that, but I would say it was similar to that because I had no real grid, no grid, no grid at all for beauty because what my, my go-to almost in a way deep down inside that was almost a bit compulsive was to work and to run, work, run. And I don't mean physical (laughs) running. I mean, running in all the places of my life. (laughs) I'm not a runner. Just clarification. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that's not equivocate terms there. But yes, and I look back and I could actually do a whole podcast just on how we can change and have something that's such a part of our life that we never even had a grid for. So yeah, I would say that that is that is for sure. But I look back and I could see little seeds. I can see little seeds. To me, this is a whole thing. It's a whole thing in our lives that we either recognize or we don't. I didn't value it. My my family didn't really value it. And we valued work. I picked up on that value and it was as if it was foolish and and not sensible and a waste of time, but I wouldn't even have known what it meant. So no, I didn't really have much connection at all to beauty. I would say that's got to be part of the reason why it's so fantastic at this point in my life. And God used uh, beauty to woo my heart in a time where I was doing a lot of personal and contemplative, just one-on-one with God healing. And this came as a result of three women that I was meeting with once a year, and it brought up many things. And I was really sitting in this for about three years. And I mean, really sitting in it. And in the midst of that, somewhere in the midst of that, I just looked up from my table and I saw, I saw a butterfly on a butterfly bush right in front of my face. And all I can say is it was God wooing me. He just used that moment in time with that one specific thing that took me on a journey to where I am today. And it opened my heart in such a way that I could see things I'd never seen before. And I could begin to see the value in all of it. No, that's so good. So just to clarify, you said there was this like three-year period that you were meeting with these women and kind of diving in more to this idea of beauty. What was kind of the thing that propelled that? Was it all of a sudden you were just feeling, okay, I can't run like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And there had to be a shift or was it just a really slow, steady shift of God just awakening your heart to the beauty around you? When I look back, I think that there were little seeds. I call them breadcrumbs. And so they they were there and I I could see them more clearly after this. But I would say we weren't really talking about or seeking beauty in these several years of this beach retreat that we would do. It was more that it became so painfully obvious that I just ran so hard and pushed through so many things without really access to the other part other than just 
the knowledge of the greatness of God, which was as as much as I needed. I believed it was so beautiful to me and so life changing. But it was the absence of that other side that I didn't have in any kind of fullness at all. And so that was very organic because I think it was a God thing. He was just gently wooing me. And I could point back again to many things where I could find myself at a moment, just for a moment, sort of deeply affected by something beautiful in a moment, but would experience it and then just keep going back. And it was as if I couldn't stop that compulsion of work. And, and I use that word, not that I've been analyzed by a psychiatrist or anything. <laughs> I know how sometimes all these mental health words we use, we're overusing and, and causing people some right. confusion. So when I say compulsive in this, I mean, it was a path pa pattern in my right. life, just like any person who overworks, it becomes right. their go-to. But yes, something in this exact moment brought me to tears and brought me to a place of stopping. Yes. I would say rest is so much a part of beauty. I think beauty is one of the most complex yeah. subjects. It is in theology in terms of defining God. And yet it's at the core of all theology is this intangible, something outside, altogether transcendent part of who God is and part of how he's made creation and nature and part of how he's made us. It exists in yes. everything. And obviously, as I've dove deeper into this subject, I mean, it is it quickens my heart. It quickens my emotions because it's so beautiful yes. to think on beauty that it takes your breath away and it, and it changes life dramatically. Yes. yes. Annabella this morning after she was telling me how much she loved this topic and how much she shared in her desire and love for beauty, she said something and I literally made her stop because I wrote it down what she said. She's like, I actually just wrote a poem on this, but she just said it so nonchalantly. And I was like, I have to write that down. She said, mom, stopping to smell the roses is the reason that I'm alive. Because what's the point of living if we don't stop to notice and take in the beauty all around us? <laughs> and I was oh like, yes, gosh. that's so good. And it's what you're saying. It's like, yeah, we don't see that as like a core reason for living or like our core theology. Yes, and yet yes. it's like, but without it, what's the point of anything? We're just running without noticing or acknowledging yes. anything that God has done. Yes. Yes. And amen to that. And there's a quote from a, a poet, but her name is Mary Oliver. And she has a poem called The Summer Day. And one of the lines from that, many of us have seen now at this point, it's become very popular. And she, she's in the middle of watching this grasshopper in a field on a summer day. And all the amazing things, if you get real close and watch all the different nuances of that grasshopper, she kind of jumps into more humanity and says, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious mm. life? Just the, all that comes into a sentence like that is like, are we beholding? Are we being present? Are we yeah. even awake? A and I wasn't even awakened and God had to awaken me. I think once we are awakened to this subject, we can tap into it in ways that can bring us so much joy and so yes. much peace. And then we become sort of an instrument or an ambassador of a much more beautiful yes. life. Yeah, I know I've definitely been on my own little journey of finding beauty. I know that I 
in some ways, I feel like I'm kind of where you were before. I know a lot of people say that you and I are super similar, but we have to tell them like, no, we're two different people. I'm my own person. Yes. We're not twins. <laughs> so I'm like, we have our own stories. But yes, so I, I definitely feel that kind of compulsion, like you said, to just keep going, keep going. And it just like breaks my heart when my kids are like, mom, just sit down. Why do you just keep going? And really what they're saying they can't quantify is like, what keeps driving you to keep going? Just stop. And yes. uh, we talked about rest last week and just how important the rest is of the Lord. So this is just, okay, when we're resting or when we're just stopping, now what? Like now, how do we acknowledge the beautiful things? And we're going to get into that as far as it doesn't have to just be literal what we think of as beauty. It can be all sorts of things that are beautiful. I was looking up, okay, what's the definition of beauty? And there was all sorts of ones, different ones. But one of them was whatever brings pleasure and is lovely to our senses. That was just one definition. There were so many different ones, but I loved that one because it was like, man, that could just be anything, literally anything. It it doesn't have to be something that we would qualify as like, oh, this beautiful photo or this beautiful artwork. It could just be Sometimes I'm like, oh, when I organize my bedroom, this is beautiful, right? And I know we're going to talk about how order is beautiful. Like when things are in order and we just feel like, ah, like peaceful when I walk into a room because it's clean and nice. It's like, yes, that's beautiful. It's lovely to my senses. I'm able to just breathe lighter and I can just enjoy the beauty of that. A little bit of just real quick, my journey of this, this idea of seeking beauty is I'm a photographer. And so as a photographer my biggest job as a photographer is to find the light. No matter what I'm doing, no matter where I am, my first thing that I do more than anything else, it doesn't even matter what the background is, is I'm finding where the light source is. That's what I've always done. I don't really think twice about it. But lately, I just feel like the Lord just keeps highlighting that picture of Mary, find the light, Mary, find Mm. the light. And I was with a client the other day, I think it was maybe a senior session, actually, and it was a cloudy day. And so I was like, oh, I got to find the light. And she's like, how, how can you find the light? There's no light today. It's super cloudy. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, girly. There's always light, even when it's cloudy outside. <laughs> and so I'm like, even though there's lots of clouds, like there's still sun peeking through. And we need to find where that light is because that will determine how, where and how we're going to do these pictures. And even as I was saying it out loud, the Lord's like, that's right, Mary. There's always light. It doesn't Mm, matter how cloudy it is mm. or what's going on around you. You can always find where the light Mm. is. And so now it's just been this theme Mm. wherever I am. If I'm in my house or whatever, I just see the the sun rays coming in through a window. And I'm like, oh, Mm. Lord, I see the light. I see it. Or just turning my head and just closing my eyes towards the sun in a window or when I'm driving. And we could say Mm. that in all sorts of ways. But for me... That's that picture of finding whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is good. Seek it out. Find it. And I think the reason we use those words is because it's not our go-to. It's not our go-to. We have to seek it out. We have to find it. We have to look for it. Because sometimes it's not so obvious. Like when I was searching for the light and on a cloudy day, it might not be obvious, but it's there. It's still there. I think this this seeking it out, finding it, because sometimes it's not as obvious as mm. as we once would think. Yeah. And I love that. I, I love how God has used photography and the whole thing of finding the light. It is almost seems simultaneous with, with beauty, finding it. And also to add to that, Mary, you know, before we dovetail into some of these practical things, I just wanted to say that I think it really starts in order to seek something that we 
think is beautiful and worthy of our time, we have to actually value it, right? So this is one of the things we want to do today is just raise an awakening within you that there is so much around us that is beautiful that you can pause in any given moment and just another little extra second or two and actually seeing it and recognizing it will come because you're going to make a decision perhaps after even this one conversation we're having with all of you today that you could look around your life and say, am I like dead under the water? Am I, is this, I'm just running so hard and so fast that I don't even value this very thing that God has placed all around me. And it can be in that baby's smile. It can be in a right. million things where we pause just a little bit longer. I would say that's yes. the main thing is, is that we have to value it. And once we agree with ourselves and, and our inner selves and with God, that this is something that's powerful then I think this is when the intentionality comes because it won't be necessarily second nature at that point to you. But like everything, we can change, we can be transformed. And once we have decided this is a value, now we can right. be intentional in rearranging our lives so that this will jump up in how we live our lives. Because as we've said before, one of the problems with brokenness and not being whole is because we're not living out of right. what we value. Right. I just wanted to sort of throw that in before we get into a few of the practical no, absolutely. things. Absolutely. If we don't value it, we're never going to do it. And I've absolutely. heard so many like podcasts, I read so many books. I'm like, yeah, that's so good. I should implement that. And then at the end of the day, I never do, or so many of them I don't. And then when I really stop to be like, why am I not doing that? And at my core, I don't really value that. I don't really see it. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. And then there's other things that are keeping me from that place. But sometimes it's like, no. I don't really buy into this is what's most valuable. And so you're right. Before we even go into the practical things, it's like, are we all on the same page and acknowledging that beauty is worth seeking out, is worth finding, is worth yes. acknowledging, is worth sitting on. And so, yes, I think I think that absolutely is a first place to start. Yes, me too. When I think about beauty, it seems to be in these core areas. If you want to read about beauty quotes or articles on beauty or TED Talks on beauty, certainly in theology, it's a hard thing to get our hands wrapped around. So it's really so broad that it, like you said, Mary, earlier, it can almost be right. found anywhere. A flower growing up mm -hmm. in the sidewalk, it can be a million things. But I would say that where it shows up the most in our humanity is in yeah. nature, yeah. in creation. It, it shows up in people and relationships. These are all living things. And it shows up and how God has revealed himself. God's a creator. He's a designer. So I think I think we've talked about this before about nature. Sometimes Christians get a little hypersensitive. Like we, we can't even enjoy nature because we don't want to be worshiping creation instead of the God of creation. Well, I just want to settle that for all of you listening today. You have so much beauty all around you, wherever you live. It doesn't matter to me yes. where, where you live. And for you to allow yourself to tap in to all of the things that God has created, because you know what? He did yes. it for you. Yes. He created it. It could have been a black and white world. Mm -hmm. It could have been all the same textures. It could have been everything stays the same all year round. Yes. He doesn't need any kind of props to keep him in a place of perpetual beauty within himself. Mm. He's fascinated within his own Godhead. And so... This fascination, this idea of awe and wonder 
since he, he doesn't reveal himself face to face to us at this point, he created this incredible earth and galaxies for us to drink from and probably will continue in the new heavens and the new earth. Yes. So I would say, do not be afraid of that and do not block it out because you're afraid somehow you're, you're worshiping something that's not worthy of your worship. There is nothing in creation that is worthy of our worship. That is for sure. But it is worthy of our fascination, of our gratitude, yes. of reminding us of how big and powerful and beautiful the designer of all this called the God of all creation with his son, Jesus, yes. and his spirit in the three, they have created this and it is primarily to say who they are. And it is also to woo us to see how beautiful they are as we enter in and peek in. If we just keep ourselves on the outside out of fear, I think we're missing so much that God has for us. I would say, practically speaking, I think beauty, one of the foremost places that we see it where people are touched. Lots of science and research has shown that just walking outside. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, all these crazy research, every time you're able to connect, it does a million things inside your body and in your brain. There's so much reward in actually stepping out and observing and being aware of what is beautiful around you that's created. I would say that's a major piece of beauty is just becoming aware of all the beauty that has been created on the earth. Yes, I love how you were saying that it doesn't matter where you live, that you can always find the beauty wherever it is. Because I know for me, if you might have heard this on other talks or if you know me, I'm I'm definitely been an advocate for like, okay, Charlie, my husband, I'm like, let's go move to the middle of Montana in a tiny house. Like this is the only place we'll be happy. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's not happening. And anyway, we recently in the last year or so have moved to kind of this little suburban neighborhood. It's like a brand new house. So it's like a new build in this like new subdivision. And it has so many amazing, beautiful things about it. But my kids have not loved it because it's one of those new construction type house. So there's zero trees in our backyard and zero trees really in the whole neighborhood. Very few. And it's those type of houses. But yards are kind of small. And anyway, all of that to say my youngest daughter literally cried for like nine months straight, like almost every day, how much she wanted. So, so, sad, so sad that she wanted to move back yes. to her old house that was also in a neighborhood, but it had so much more trees. We had a creek. So she was so, so, so sad. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, it was awful. And then my, one of my sons who loves nature, he was just so sad. He was like, I just want trees. I just want to be able to like, go and hike or do something. Anyway, so it's been a bit of a journey, but now with my youngest daughter, we call it like a treasure hunt to find the beautiful things around our neighborhood. And I'm like, no, mm. there is beautiful things. We have a field across the street that they haven't developed yet. And we get to watch the sunset. And I'm like, we didn't get to do that in our old house because there were so many trees. We get to watch the sunset. And every night before she goes to sleep, we have this big window in our hallway that you can see straight outside over this big field. And so every night she counts the stars that she can see. And I'm like, we couldn't do that before because it was hindered by this canopy of trees. So yeah, just to, to say that too, that I know maybe my heart or my kids' hearts or whatever is to maybe one day have land or to be more out in nature. But right now that's not the season that we're in. And we are 
in this little yes. suburban neighborhood and it's, it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but we have to find the beauty. And I tell that to my kids. I'm like, we could just sit and look at all the things we don't have and all the things that aren't beautiful. And yeah, it's okay to be sad and to grieve the things that aren't, but now let's look and see with equal amount that we found the things that aren't, let's try to find the things that are beautiful and just trying to be so intentional to, to find that and to seek that out. Maybe you live in the heart of New York city in a loft apartment and you're like, okay, what's beautiful. And then it's like, well, do you have one little plant sitting that's living and growing on your back porch or whatever it is, like whatever part of nature, see it, acknowledge it, search for it, seek it. I think it's always available to us. Man, that's so good. And and when you're talking about that sunset at your house, I've seen that sunset many times yes. since I'm out there often, not as often as I should be <laughs> yes. or want to be. But the, the amazing thing about your house is that it sunset. Is. I mean, that sunset is straight up. I might as well be up in the panhandle of Florida, which to those of you who don't know, is my favorite yes. beach to go to because there's no waves and the water's perfectly beautiful green and the sand is super white and the sunsets are yeah. spectacular. But you have you have the most beautiful sunset I have ever seen. I mean, bar none other than the, the yeah, panhandle. It's incredible. It, it is quite mm -hmm. incredible. And so that is something I'm so glad that yes. you're tapping into with yes. your kids and family. It, and that's one of the things I love about sunsets is that they're almost different yes. every single yes. night. So, so beautiful. What a great example of tapping into yes. what you have and tapped and looking for something that might not be there. I'm just going to sort of jump into something, again, even more practical. And we're talking about our personal lives. If you don't value beauty in your personal self, your own soul, if it's not something you're craving and looking for and desiring, it's never going to be integrated into right. the rest of your life. This idea of beauty, but how does it get integrated into our families and into our homes? One of the things, one of the top things that came to mind is the idea of order out of chaos. When you have children and two adults and dogs and cats and all the parts that there are to do to take care of a home and the exterior part of that home and the yard and all of it, the fact is, is we can just get her done. And again, even the processes of our home can become dull and very work related without any aspect of beauty. As women and men who are in your homes, we can, again, be purposeful with what are ways that I can do to make my home more yeah. beautiful. Now, let me tell you some of the things that come to my mind. Mary, you'll have some good ones because you're still sort of in that fullness of that stage. But some of the things that came to my mind when I thought about my younger years all the way to, to now I would say one of the primary things that I think is very important in a home to exhibit beauty is that your home would be welcoming. I think having a welcoming home has so much more to do with beauty that is how your children feel when they come home, your husband feels when he comes home, your spouse, I should say, not husband. You could be a man listening. How is it that what do you contribute to make this blank canvas of art that you can make it anything, you can make it feel any certain way, you can add certain little tiny things along the way that can shift somebody's mood when they walk in the door. But more than anything, you are the one who carries the beauty. 
So again, this sounds like, oh, she's going back to that esoterical stuff again. But what I'm saying is, is that truly, particularly when we're talking about guests and people we don't know, but we really want to look at the people who are in it every day. That's our children and our spouses. And so, uh, or your, or your roommate. So the idea is that, you know, again, your heart is looking outward. How can I display beauty? Not only in the little things I've done to make my home ready, but to make my own heart ready. I just think of so many people when I was younger, when we were first married and just inviting people over to have dinner all the time because I was super outgoing and it didn't, I didn't even dawn on me. They weren't inviting me, but it's like, no, I, I want to know them. So I'm going to invite them. <laughs> and so just constantly was having people in and just how many women back in their twenties when they, we had babies and into my late twenties and early thirties. They would feel so loved and cared for when they came to my house because they were raising kids and they were busy and exhausted. But because, again, I think these are the seeds I look back or the breadcrumbs to see where I never had anything fancy. So, again, everyone listening, it doesn't matter what you have in terms of the stuff that's right. in your house. You can make it so welcoming. I was super inspired by a book by Fra Francis Schaeffer's wife. What is her name? Gosh, I don't know. I can't remember it. Doesn't matter. Those of you know that they had a thing called La Abri, which means refuge, and it was in Switzerland. But I forget her name at the moment. Edith. Edith Schaefer. I just Googled it. Edith Schaefer. Yeah. Oh, she Googled it. Good job. So she wrote a book. It's probably out of print, but if you ever come across it, it's this whole book on how to basically make your life and your house more beautiful. And... Of course, when I picked that up, I thought you went to Target or TJ Maxx to buy something beautiful for your house at that stage of my life. But instead, she was so inspiring with rocks and sticks and greens yes. from the field as she's singing on her <laughs> Switzerland mountain. But it was like, I, I, I can remember something yes. coming awake at that moment. Like, wow, I could, I could bring anything yes. in. And, yeah. and so the idea is, again, if you're seeking beauty and you have it in your heart to give it away, a lot of times beauty comes in the face of another human being, that new baby of yours, that little child, when he says something so profound, you feel like if I don't go write it down, yeah. I'll forget it. That was so inspiring to your heart. But I think one of the primary things, and we can start with this, Mary, and maybe you can comment on it, is the idea of bringing order out of chaos in a home. I think this is one of the most supreme places that we can bring beauty into our homes is by trying to tackle whatever is chaotic. Yeah. And this became one of the most popular Bible mm -hmm. studies I taught. Because this is where women, as Mary started off with, just organizing a drawer in her bedroom or her whole closet could make her feel a sense of ease and loveliness when she walks into her bedroom. Absolutely. I mean, I think why was there such a huge craze of the whole minimalist thing? Because we're all craving order and peace. But with the minimalist thing, there was such this idea of beauty. It's like, does this make you beautiful? Does this spark joy? And it's like, because we craving that. And I keep thinking when you say order out of chaos, I keep thinking, you know, the word cacophony, where it's like just loud sounds that all don't make any sense. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is just a cacophony. But then it's like when a, an amazing orchestra comes together and makes that 
mm. chaos, that cacophony now into something of rhythm and beauty, Ugh. it all of a sudden becomes this amazing yes. masterpiece. And so I think absolutely that is everything. And I think also what you said, just so break down that lie in, in all of our heads is like, oh, but you know, I don't have the money to look for my house to look nice. Or, I mean, uh, uh, social media has done a horrible job at us just seeing people's <laughs> houses and all their stuff and all the things. And we're like, okay, well, I don't have the mental energy to like do anything. And I just, yeah, I want to encourage you that that is just all crap. Okay. Let's just, that's, that's insane. I know mom, you did such a great job with this. We were very poor and I mean, we were, and we didn't have much at yes. all. And so we're literally talking about lighting a candle here. I mean, I just want to put things in perspective before yes. whoever's listening is mm -hmm. like, okay, what does that even mean? Beautiful? Like what? <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. Simple. So simple. Right. Like, oh, I, I, I don't have money to go to Trader Joe's to get flowers. Awesome. I'm pretty sure I saw some wildflowers on a highway back there. I could pick those. Again, <laughs> simple. Like, what is the simplest thing that you're just like, no, that's too simple. And it's like, no, like, how can we add beauty in the simplest, smallest ways? And it does. It changes the atmosphere. As we were kind of saying, the adding beauty, but then the bringing beauty out of chaos, I think that's there. It's kind of like two sides, right? Because I could add flowers to a room that is completely chaotic and completely in disorder and cacophony, so to speak. Right. And it does sometimes add beauty. Sometimes that's all we can do. It's I, I get that a hundred percent. You're just like, no, this is what's going to be today. And I'm adding beauty in the midst of this chaos. And there is such life in that. And then on the other side, yes. there's this idea of, okay, how do I begin to bring order to this room and let that be the beauty? Yes. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I am. I am. And I think the bringing the order is where we can get as overwhelmed as we can if we've just watched a bunch of right. Pinterest right. with a bunch of renovated rooms that said that ain't never going to happen for me. So I do like what you're saying. We have to start with what we have. And with that, I don't just mean your furnishings or the color of the paint on the walls. Although all those things can impact our moods and, and impact how we feel when we come into a room. But I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly on that, Mary, that sometimes we just have to take a corner of a room and just put something beautiful on a table, a rock we found walking yep. with our two-year-old, yep. three-year-old, and we build on that. But I would say that in the big picture, when I think about order in a home, I think that less is more. You may love every single tabletop and every single wall space to be covered, but I will just say that you might want to think about cutting back a little <laughs> bit because we know that more yeah. white space, meaning not covered, whether it's the floor or the tabletops or all the way up to the walls, we know that less is more to promote this feeling of peace yeah. and beauty and rest. So when there's too many things going on in front of us, it can sort of detract from that kind of feeling that we're talking yes. about. And that's true for your children's room. It's true for your bedroom. It's true for our whole house. You can start with very basic things. Just say, okay, I think it's all the clutter. It's right. too much stuff. And if you come to recognize that, you can just glide right through one week at a time, one month at a time and look at a room and say, I don't love that. I saw something at Habitat 
that's one of the stores I like to go to. I saw a vase there I liked better than that one sitting there. I'm just going to take that one and start yeah. a bag. So there's a lot of things we can do to begin to pare down and to begin to put things in order. Those are just some general things that come to my mind in terms of our houses and how we want to bring this balance of harmony more to our houses. Yes. And I know I feel like we could go on forever of all the different facets and ways. I know we could that we can find beauty in our lives. And I feel like we probably should even do another podcast episode about this because I just feel like there's so many different facets of it. But as we come to a close and just kind of wrap up here, I know we've talked a lot about like why it's so important that we seek out beauty and a few different ways that we can do that. But just on a personal level, mom, what are some ways that you, just to give people just some tangible takeaways of examples that they can today go and seek beauty or find beauty or just even enter into things that are beautiful. What are some examples or some ways that you do that, that you could kind of share? Yeah. Well, I like you when you talked about the lighted candle, I would say that these are some things I lean into. I have little, just Christmas lights, the white little Christmas lights. Oh yeah. I have them wrapped around my baker's rack. And so they're on all year round. And when it gets dusk and at night, I plug them in And they're beautiful. And I have a beautiful baker's rack and they're just, I happen to like Mm -hmm. low lighting. Low lighting is something that makes me happy every single day. I use it. It's on my mantle of my fireplace and it's on my baker's rack. I've used candles and or electric candles to add to that ambiance. I would say that sometimes if I don't have flowers, I have trees and bushes and things around me. I'll go cut a handful of just green stems off of a bush or a tree or a combination. I have lavender or rosemary growing often in mint in my herb garden, and I'll just cut a bunch of it up and just stick it in a vase with some water and it'll last for days. Again, you could do the same thing with certain weeds. You can do it with anything. And for me, I also have really beautiful music on often when I'm being intentional or wanting to sit and rest I definitely use music as a part of that. For me, oftentimes it will be without words. It, it will be just instruments. So when, when I think about those things, those are things that bring yes, instant yes. pause and it causes mm-hmm. me to breathe. Sometimes I do it if I've created a really beautiful meal and if I'm eating it alone at the house and, and dad's, oh, sorry, dad, Brad, Brad <laughs> yes. is, my husband is elsewhere. If it's particularly beautiful, like a beautiful salad, something that's just filled with color, I will sit down intentionally alone and I will turn on a candle, even if it's in the afternoon and put on my music and I will get my newest magazine that I haven't read in in months. Maybe it's my flower magazine and it's just lovely. It's like a two hour and I'm eating slowly and just being grateful and filled with peace. Those are some quick things that come to my mind that I use daily, as well as I have inspirational things to read I'm easily inspired by just very inspirational things. When I think on things that are true and beautiful, like the book I bought about the trees, there's just so many inspiring things to then think about or, or read. So those those are some quick things that come to mind. Sometimes I throw my white linen. I have lots of those kinds of white linen tablecloths, and I'll just put it on for myself on the table. There's just so many ways, but these are, are some of the ways that come to my mind. Yes, that's so good. And even as you're talking, each one of those things I think it does come back and we can just end with this. It does come back to intentionality 
and mindfulness. Because again, yes. if we're just rushing through life and just going, going, going. We're not going to see the value or what's the point of putting on a tablecloth in the midst of just this busy day? What's the point yeah. of the yes. kids are down for bed and turning on some twinkle lights? It's not going to change anything. But it's like, no, just pausing. If we just begin to shift our heart yes. to see the beauty. Just the other day, the kids were freaking out in the car or doing something. And I just rolled down the window and just put my hand out to feel the wind. And mm, I don't do that yes. often. That's not my go-to. You I know? love that. It's not my go-to. But I was just like, yes. Lord, like, I was just, I was almost begging the Lord. I'm like, Lord, help me to see the beauty right now. I feel the wind. We're on, we were on this back mm. road. I'm like, this is beautiful. I smelt the cut grass from the field, two fields yes. over. And so I had to be very intentional in that moment to do that. It was not my first thought or my default. So just to end with that, yes. that it's not necessarily going to be easy. Maybe for some it will be, but I would venture most of us, we're just trying to get through the day. So we're going to have yes. to be intentional. We're going to have to invite the Lord in to say, Lord, help us exercise this muscle of seeking out beauty. And it will be so, so incredibly worth it. Yes. Amen to that. And that just reminds me when you said sticking your hand out, I just want to close with this too of a, even a more earthy kind of example. I remember when essential oils were really popular many years ago uh, with some of the people I knew and I saw the prices they're of those things. Popular. <laughs> no, they're still amazing, but this is when they were coming into play. Yeah. It was just becoming a thing. And I looked at the prices of those little baby bottles and I'm like, I ain't never going to be able to buy those things. And so I'm like, oh, man. And I must have been voicing it to someone, I think. And they said, you know, well, if you ever have oranges at home or limes or lemons or apples or anything. And I'm like, what are they going to say? And they said, just put it in a little water and just let it just be on summer for a few hours. And I'm like, wow, that'll be <laughs> my amazing. essential oils are my scraps that are going into the garden. Yes. Yes. Back to simple. So yes. I just want to inspire yes. us. Yes. That I still mm -hmm. do it to this day, even though I have a handful right. of essential oh, oils. I love that. So anyway, we just want to say again to you all who are listening, gosh, we, our hearts just grow in love for you. And we bless you today to just take any one step. Remember the seeds accumulate. God adds the yes. increase and all he needs is a willing heart. And we bless you and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.